0: Are you ready to be stirred and receive an impartation of faith to move forward into all that God has purposed for your life? Welcome to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. I am your host, Elaine Haynes. I will be sharing what the Lord has given me through the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the Logos and Rhema words of God. Welcome to Stirring of the Waters, Episode 6. I'm your host, Elaine Haynes. And today I'm going to be talking about being stirred to alignment to God's original design for your life. So as I mentioned in previous podcasts, that the Lord told me that this is a year of awakening, arising, and advancing with the scripture Ephesians 5, 14 through 17. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil wherefore be not unwise but understanding what the will of the lord is and it's the will of the lord that you be restored to his original design and that you walk in the fullness and fulfill your destiny in christ jesus and that's a big part of redeeming the time you know that we, we have every opportunity, every day, every moment to live in that in that place of being a new creature set aside for him and for his work. So that's what I'm gonna be talking about today. And in this year that we're in, 2022, there's an emphasis on the number two, as well as the Hebraic year, which started in September, 5782. And the number two in Hebrew is bet and means home, house, or dwelling. And the reality is that we are his dwelling place. So this is a year to be built in the things of the Lord, to be aligned to his blueprint. It's also a year to build the house or the body of Christ according to his blueprint. But today I'm going to be talking about us being built or aligned to his personal design for our lives. And next week I'll be sharing about building the house or the body of Christ. So I pray that you will be stirred today to a greater revelation of what it is that God intends for you to walk in, in your personal life and to what it means to be a new creature, what it means to fulfill your destiny in Christ Jesus. So, so I was thinking about these things. I was thinking about my old identity. And as I mentioned in some previous podcasts that I had abuse as a child, and then there was actually beyond that, because of those things that I created a false identity, not by choice, but out of, um, protection, really, and then got into a lot of um, lifestyle that was harmful to myself and created even more abuse, if you will. And I was reminded of the story of Mephibosheth, who was Jonathan's, um, of Jonathan's lineage. Jonathan was his father. And David, King David and Jonathan had a covenant, but Mephibosheth was lame in his feet. And his identity, because of that disability, was a pauper. But King David had made covenant with Jonathan, Mephibosheth's father. And in Second Samuel 9, 7 and 11, we read, And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at thy, my, my table continually. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that the Lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons mephiboshep was given full access to the king's table because of his covenant with his father we are children of the most high god and redeemed by the blood of jesus and we've been given a new covenant through his blood he's paid the price for our sin and god desires that we restore to fullness of our original identity as a child of the king and receive all of the benefits Christ died to restore to us the fullness of salvation, not just saved for heaven, but salvation includes wholeness, healing, deliverance, redemption, full restoration, alive by the Spirit, a new creature. And I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring his people, God's people, to awaken, to redeem the time by being aligned to original design, to be built On that strong foundation of salvation and the fullness of what that means, to be stirred to hear his voice, to walk in communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to be restored to fellowship that oneness with them, and to be stirred to awaken the gifts within and become a functioning member of his body in the earth, led by Jesus Christ as the head and giving him glory as we minister one to another you know, there's many gifts that God has put inside you that were were formed in you while you were being formed in the womb. And, you know, perhaps because of childhood experiences, you were mocked and shamed. I was. And I'm going to share with you an experience that I had. You know, as a child, I, I was very sensitive to things spiritually, even though I wasn't born again at the time. But I could see things. I could hear things. I I was in a dysfunctional home. So much of what I saw and heard in the natural was denied. And I was told I was crazy and I was mocked. And most of my life I spent trying to not, um, to be hidden and not be called crazy and not be, um, told that, that, um, you know, denied the very experience that I had where I became, where I wasn't even trusting my own thoughts and feelings. So anyway, so I was in Sunday school, I was about five years old and the Sunday school teacher, told us all to draw a picture of what we thought heaven looked like. And I drew, I remember it vividly. I drew or colored this picture of what looked like a castle with jewels all over it. And instead of it sitting on grass, it was sitting on gold. I colored all that underneath it gold. So my Sunday school teacher looked at that and she said, well, that doesn't look like heaven. That looks like a birthday cake. And it reinforced that feeling of, of shame, of of not understanding, not thinking correctly, mocked. And you can imagine my shock when, as I became born again later in life and read in Revelation that that's exactly what it looks like, uh, the Holy Spirit brought the experience back to my mind of what had happened in Sunday school and restored that to me, that, that awareness that he created me with those gifts. And he's going to do that for you. He's going to have you take time to bask in his presence and he will bring those things to your remembrance and go into that place with you where you were shocked, where you were, where you were mocked, ashamed, excuse me, not shocked, mocked, and shamed, and told you were many things that you aren't in his sight. Whatever that lie, the lying voices were in your life, God wants to go back into those places to bring healing and to restore you to original intent. And we have to take time to sit at his feet, to hear his voice, to remove distractions. And, you know, if there's sin that's blocking your voice, the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. He'll convict you. And it's a quick and easy work. You just ask for forgiveness. And and First uh, John tells us that he's quick to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you don't have to stay under condemnation by the devil. You know, if God does convict you of something, you just confess it and be cleansed. And that's it. Move on. So I want to share a few scriptures with you that really were life-changing for me as far as reframing my whole my whole understanding of who I was as far as it relates to God. And so I'm gonna just share Ephesians 1 and 4. According as he God has chosen us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. And then Ephesians 2 and 10, because we don't want to take just one scripture. We want to look at the fullness. There's other scriptures that that tie in and back it up. So Ephesians 2 and 10, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And then 2 Timothy 1 and 9, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So again, these are three key scriptures that are basically saying that before the world was even formed, we were in Christ and that there were works that were ordained for us even before we were born, that God would have us to walk in. So, All of those things that you think about yourself that don't come into alignment with God's goodness, that don't come into alignment with the reality that he has a good plan for your life, they're lies. Those are all lies. Because the reality is that God is all the while at work within you to will and to do of his pleasure. That he has a good plan and a purpose for your life. That he has created you to be a carrier of his glory. So I want to, I'm praying that that, the Holy Spirit will bring you back into remembrance of that reality, of that truth. And, you know, as I said in the in the start of this um, podcast, not today, but the original, the beginning of doing the stirring of the waters is because, is because the Holy Spirit is stirring. That's what he started at the beginning in Genesis. He hovered, he stirred, he was waiting and stirring until the word of the Lord came. And Jesus has told us, he told the disciples to wait, to tarry until they were endued with power by the Holy Spirit. We need to make time to wait on the Lord. Jesus went off to commune with God. He didn't do anything that he didn't see the Father doing. That means he had to spend time communing with him. And then the Father would show him what it was that he wanted him to do. He would speak to him. He would give him wisdom. He would give him insight. He would show him what's to come. And many times we're in a season of captivity. We feel like we're in captivity. We're in a wilderness in those places. That's where God desires that you draw in close to him where he will speak to you sometimes we have to get into a place that feels like a wilderness to where everything around us is is um is quieted to where we feel desperate and you know think about John on the island of Patmos he wrote the book of Revelation as he was exiled there Moses in the desert yet we have to have times of refreshing in his presence of feasting on his word of drinking from his fountain of worshiping think about Paul in prison when he worshiped Paul and Barnabas, and the and the um the the doors were opened, waiting, waiting for the word of the Lord, waiting for your daily bread, waiting for faith to rise, waiting, and you know when I was thinking about these things and meditating on them, I was thinking, waiting, and then there's a wait, the weight, the W E I G H T, when we wait, sometimes there's a weight of His presence, that comes, a weight of His glory, of His grace, sometimes there's a weight of the burden of the Lord that comes upon us to pray. And with that comes a grace to pray it through. So we want to meditate in the Lord's presence. Meditate on his words. Meditate on the word he gives you. Meditate on the written word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, which means I shall not lack. And Psalm 34 and 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want or lack any good thing. And then of course, Psalm 91.1, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So you want to take the word, you want to meditate on it, speak it over yourself and cast down every lie that comes up saying it's not for you. Let that truth take root. You know, as a child, I used to say the Lord's Prayer every night as a religious act. But one night, and I, I had forgotten about this, and the Holy Spirit reminded me at one point that that there was an experience that I had one night as I was praying the Lord's prayer that I was very aware of a, something shifted and there was a, a presence in the room and I, I couldn't explain it. But after I was born again, then I had a context by which to understand that what happened. And so you want to also remember the things that he has said to you in times past. And even when we take communion, you're remem- remembering yourself to his body because we're all members of his body. So you remember yourself to his body and to the fact that his blood was shed for you. Remember to the reality that he will never leave you or forsake you. Forsake you. Wait on him, meditate on the word. Don't get caught in the emotion of the moment when the circumstance smacks you in the face and when panic rises, remember he's with you. Get that down deep into you so that whenever a trial comes, whenever a temptation comes, You know that he is with you. All power and authority has been given to him, and he is with you. He wants to be glorified in your circumstances and empower you to greater faith. I am is with you. He is limitless. I am literally means I will be what you need me to be whenever you need me to be it. That sounds kind of almost too good to be true, like a genie in the bottle or something. That's certainly not that. He is the great I am. He is omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. He's omniscient, which means he knows all things. And he's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. He created you for a purpose. He foreordained what you will walk in. Call upon him. And he will give you what you need in order to fulfill his purpose. So what has he called you to do? Do you know? Do you know what your gifts are? Do you know... Um, how they can be used? Has he given you a vision or a dream? Seek him. Everything that you have need of is in Christ Jesus. Seek him and these things will be revealed to you. Interact with others and your gifts will start to come forth. Wait for instructions if he's given you a dream or vision. Wait for it and then when you have it, go in this thy strength, mighty man or woman of valor, as he said to Gideon. You know, Gideon felt like he didn't have He felt weak. He didn't feel like he he didn't have any courage. And the angel said, go in this thy strength. He says, you're a mighty man of valor. Go in his words because his words don't return void. If he speaks something over you or to you, you can take it to the bank. You can stand on it. Even if your your soul doesn't really believe it, if you don't feel it, you don't understand it, your spirit hears his word and responds. What he speaks will not return void. Walk in faith that it is so and watch him move. Trust him when you don't understand. He's a good father. And I was thinking, when I was preparing, I was thinking, well, you know, maybe you don't really understand relationship, you know, because there's a lot of different types of relationships. And, you know, in the Bible, there's many different types of relationships that we can glean from and get a better understanding. But there's a few that have always struck me. One, you know, we think about Adam and Eve, that they walked with God in the cool of the day before sin came in, before they fell. That cool actually means ruach, which is the spirit or breath. They walked in that with God. And their relationship was beautiful, simple, and pure until they sinned. Then even in that, God sought them out. He had already created a process of restoration beforehand because he knew what was going to happen. And it says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So he had already he had already planned that out. He had already planned out the the means of their redemption. But think about this. They, they had to have that um, there, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So an animal had to be slain for them. Now, you know, I picture myself when I read the scriptures. I see myself in it. I try to imagine what it would be like, you know, Adam and Eve walking in the cool of the garden with God, right? And then he named all the animals. And this was before they ate animals. That didn't happen till after the flood. So the animals were just, you know, there was, they weren't afraid of each other. You know, you know they weren't afraid of lions. You know, all the animals were just, I'll just say it kind of in an innocent kind of way, like friends, if you will. And I'm not saying it was that, but but the reality was they weren't eating them. And then because of their sin, one of them had to be slain. One of these beautiful little animals that they, he had named, had to be killed. And, you know, just, I thought about, God, that would pain me if I had to see that. And, you know, we have to understand that the, the atonement of Jesus and that the true nature of our sin and its destructive power and what he actually did for us, we have to really gain a better comprehension of that so we can understand their true role of relationship with God in humility, that we're dependent on him completely, that our hearts are selfish and our motives are impure, but God still desires relationship with us and seeks us out to restore us to that place of perfect and complete communion to be one with him. So that's one example of relationship is just to be completely one with him and that cool of the garden and that ruach breath, being so one with him that we feel his breath, that we sense his breath, that we're breathing the same breath. And then there's Noah, you know, we know the story of Noah, that they had never had rain and God told him to build a boat because there was going to be a flood. He was totally mocked in the midst of all that, ridiculed, but he heard God and he, it says about Noah that he was just, he was a just man and walked with God. He walked with God. So how did he do that? He was, he believed God and he obeyed him. It's just like Abraham, the father of our faith. Abraham, it says, was God's friend three times. It says 2 Chronicles, Isaiah, and James, it said, that he was, Abraham was God's friend. So what? How, well, how do you get to be a friend? You're in a relationship. He listened to God. He obeyed God. When God told him in the very beginning, he came from a nation of idolaters, and he heard God's voice. He recognized that that was the voice of God, and he went forth from all that he knew. Even though God didn't tell him where he was going, he just said, come out from where you are. And he did, and he just went and followed God's leading. And a friend also, another thing about a friend is they can ask us to do things and we'll do it just based on relationship. And says Abraham was God's friend. Jesus said we're friends, his friends, if we do what he commands us. That's John 15, 14. It's the same thing there. And then who are our closest friends? There's the ones with whom we're the most like-minded. They think lies us. God's. So they understand us. And I think about it in terms of our Christian friends, you know, they may, you know, you may know, they may know your story. They may know who you were. They may know how you got saved. They may know, you know, the sin that you came out of. And when we, if they're real friends, when you, when you are troubled, when you're in a trial, it's not just, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Bless the Lord. No, you can actually be honest with them because they know who you are and they'll remind you of who you are in Christ. So it's really important. Um, but uh, the point I'm trying to make here is, is these different types of relationship. This is the kind of closeness God wants to have with you. Abraham was so close with God that he could reason with God, and God changed his mind about destroying all of Sodom and Gomorrah. He He had his nephew, Lot, was saved. We can intercede before God for others' deliverance and for our nation. And then, of course, there's Moses who spoke to God face to face. And Moses, um, God said about Moses, when, when Miriam and Aaron came up against Moses, God said, Moses was faithful in all my house, which means to build. The root of it means to build a house or family. So that's what set Moses apart. that He was faithful to God to build his family. That's what's important to God. And then, of course, we have the relationship with through Jesus that we can see of God's great love for us. Even while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. He wants relationship with us so much that he wants us completely restored to that original design that he has for our lives. And, you know, our part is, you know, we need to give diligence to make our calling and election sure. We need to examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith. We need to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ you know what that word, obedience to Christ, actually means, a hearkening. So think about that. You know, when God tells you to do something, or you feel like you're supposed to do something right, and then you have all these arguments, the lying devil comes in. This happens to me all the time as I'm preparing blogs, as I'm writing books, as I'm preparing to minister, as I'm doing the podcast, all of it. The lying devil comes in. Oh, you don't have anything. Nobody here wants to hear what you have to say. Whatever it is, it's always the same voice. It takes a little different slant. But the reality is when those arguments come in, those lies, and even those high things in us, you know, I don't want to or whatever, is what, is what is Jesus saying right now to me? Quiet yourself and listen to what he's saying. And then we cast down those arguments. The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance everything that he has said to you. And every word that you have studied, that you've meditated on, is now inside you, and the Holy Spirit can bring it up to your remembrance. And you can then cast down those arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. God is for you. He's not against you. We need to be built up on his words, Logos and Rhema. We need to be built up according to his truth, that it's by and through his grace. We need to be built up with foundational truths that he is the king, and yet he's in us. The kingdom of God is within us, and yet it's at hand. Luke 17, 21, he tells us, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And Jesus then also says in numerous places, but this is Mark 115 that I'm going to read to you, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel, believe the good news, believe the truth. Believe the truth. Jesus is the word made flesh and dwelling among us. He is the the fulfillment of the word of God. He is the word of God. And all of it points to him. All of it. Our redemption, the consummation, all of it. He alone. He's our righteousness. It's not our works. He alone is the foundation of salvation. He began it. Grace With grace we started, grace by, and faith by grace. It's all fulfilled that way through him, through grace. Everything of our new birth and eternal destiny is found in him. For of him and through him and to him are all things. I mean, picture that. Of him are all things. Through him are all things. And to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. That's Romans 11.36. It's time to be aligned to God's design. As I was meditating on these things, I was reminded, you know, we're coming into, shortly in a few weeks, we'll be coming into the season of Purim, where Esther was called forth. And a few years ago, I was studying that out. And what really spoke to me was that Queen Vashti, the reason that the king was looking for um, another queen was because Queen Vashti refused to come forth at his beckoning. He wanted to show off her beauty. That's Esther 111. And she refused to come out. I'll just let that sink in for a minute. God wants to be seen as glorified in you. He has created you with incredible gifts, with incredible beauty, incredible design. He designed you. He's the creator. Everything he does is beautiful and perfect. And he created you and he created you for a purpose. He wants to be seen in you and through you. So Queen Vashti refused to come forth. And she was cast out of her position as queen. Now, it really speaks to me because because of what happened to me. I liked to stay in the shadows. I liked to remain hidden under the radar, incognito. But God called me out. He wanted me to come forth. And that was a hard thing. That's what he's saying now to you. Come forth and let the beauty, the gifts in you radiate so that others will see how great I am. It's not about us. It's about him. And he showed me that by not submitting to his authority, I'm rebelling against his lordship in my life. So the king not only took this as an offense, but he, saw, he said that if it had stayed allowed, if he'd allowed it, it would have caused other women to not honor their husbands. And what the Holy Spirit spoke to me at that time was perhaps my prayers for others to come forth and to all that he has in them is hindered if I'm not allowing him to have the same thing happen in my life. False humility is rebellion. He wants to show us off as the beauty of his creation, his redemption, and his great love lavished upon us. It's time to come out of hiding and let him be seen in you. There's a measure of Christ in you that is unique to you and you alone. And it is necessary for others to see. There's no more time for false humility. It's not about us. It's about redeeming the time. It's about revealing the Son of God through you. Be stirred to arise as you realize how you are seen in God's eyes. In Romans 8:30, I can't get enough of saying this verse. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. I want you to notice this is past tense. Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, past tense, them he also justified. And whom he justified, past tense, them he also glorified. And I heard this to decree, awaken my glory, awaken, awaken. You have perceived yourself as one forsaken, diminished, allowing my glory to be taken under cover in darkness. Now I speak, awaken, awaken, release, let my glory free, and multitudes will see and worship me. So I leave you with that, and I bless you with that in Jesus' name. Let the King's design come forth in your life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit ElaineHaines.com, that's A-L-A-N-E-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com, for books, blogs, and spiritual growth. You can follow me on Facebook and subscribe at cpnshows.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you next week for the next episode.